Hey everyone, welcome to Smash and Grab Comics. This is, of course, Tyler, the self-proclaimed king of comics. This evening, we have a special treat for you. J.P. Jones is gone. And, on a brighter note, his replacement is none other than John Jesperson. How's it going? It's going great. So, what was a special treat? J.P. being gone? <laughs> J.P. being gone. Or me being here? Both. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, just just joking. He's he's got. We some, love you, JP. He's got we some family. Uh, he's visiting in Omaha. So, uh, oh yeah, very uh, cool. Yeah. Um, so I thought of getting a hold of you, um, being that you are a stockholder in this little enterprise. Yes, I am. So, <clears throat> I think it's been probably since the last time we had Doug Mankey on the show that we had you on as well. Or was there another time after that? Oh, oh, you were yes, on our one we did year. The one from Rainbow with a Garphone. In yeah, fact, I'm talking on the Garphone right now. You are not seriously. No, but I'm looking at it. Oh, that would be awesome. And I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute, I called your cell phone. That's not possible. <laughs> yeah, not not a one year thing. We our 100 episode thing. That was, yes, that was fun. Yes, we did the live cast. Yeah, that was a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah. so much fun. And I'm still paying the Gar phone off to this day. Are you? Are you? Yeah, I make like a five dollar payment each week just to drag it out. So just really, really annoy them. Well, I think it's more of a cat and mouse. We're just having a, a barrel of laughs and extending out the humor of, of of a really bad joke that went every which way we could possibly imagine as you know yeah i really like so, the gar phone when you were using it in the car well i'm going to turn it into a mobile phone hopefully so that would be really cool if like you could replace the circuits <laughs> in it with today's um digital technology it would know? be and and you know um obviously i, I run to just comics and art so quick plug but i'll obviously give a plug to oh, yeah. uh, rainbow collectibles who I know sponsors this show and mm-hmm. is also so grateful that, um, you know, you guys do this and, and, and they're so awesome to me about this that, you know, I have a cat named Garfield and do you really? even today I went in and John had something Garfield for me and I was in the three, uh, three days ago and, and, uh, Brian had something Garfield for me. Yeah. And so it's just almost become a running gag where they're always giving me something that's related to Garfield. When I was a kid, I liked Garfield way more than the peanuts. And oh, absolutely. And Garfield always got a bad rap for being boring or the jokes being played out, you know, him kicking Odie off the table or he eats lots of lasagna. Yeah. But um, especially there was a Halloween special that I really loved as a kid that I would watch over the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, any day of the week. Yeah. I think one of my, I, I grew up obviously, you know, what, you know, uh, I grew up during the heyday of Garfield, mm-hmm. not to date myself, but, you know, I mean, by the time you got to his 18th book, um, yeah. you know, the jokes were still good. But I, I remember when they did the animated version, I think Dan Aykroyd did the voice. I remember Odie got loose and Garfield was going to go hunt him down. And like I said, I've got a Garfield here that if anyone has ever seen him, he is a, he's big boned. Yeah. That's what we say. Yeah. He's oh, a yeah. Very you don't want to offend cat. him. I mean, he's a great star. He's probably about 30 pounds and he is a Garfield. I mean, he is truly what you think of and he is just the most loyal, loving cat in the world, almost like a dog. Uh-huh. Is but, he the right uh, color? I love that. The same color, same everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, I just think the humor of it all is at the end of the day is like in that, in that movie when he goes to find him. And it's like he's just crawling, like he's been going for miles, and he's made it like you know 
five feet out in front of the yard. <laughs> That's awesome. And he spent all day looking for him type things. So. My favorite Anyways. my favorite was how he treated Nermal, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't know because he would always mail Nermal to like Timbuktu or <laughs> <laughs> But okay, yes. was Nermal a boy or a girl? I never could figure it out. I'd say Nermal was a boy. I mean, I don't know for sure. Yeah, I mean, he I was used... really ambiguous, you know. Yeah, um, I don't know. And then Garfield's... I don't know any. I don't know any of this stuff. Anyway. I don't know if Elmo's a boy or a girl. I mean, from like Sesame Street or I think stuff. Elmo's a boy. Okay, I, I mean, mean I'm know. just judging because Kevin Clash, the voice, you know. I guess that's why I would think. Well, oh, there you go. There you go. Um, well, <laughs> enough Garfield talk. Yeah, um, but you know it's animated or it's a cartoon or it was a comic strip or so it it fits with the show. Absolutely. Uh, some big things from this past few months since we've seen each other. Uh, there was New York Comic Con. Um, yes. I saw yes. you right before that. Last time I saw you was um, the Sioux Falls um, SuperCon. Yeah. And that went pretty good. Um, I got a chance to hang out with you at your booth and you start did. slinging some comic books. Um, and then the next week you left for New York. How did that go? Uh, it went good. I had shoulder surgery like a week before um, SuperCon. So that's why I was counting on, you know, people to help. And, um, you know, you were able to help my buddy Ryan, my son Hunter. So mm-hmm. I had a lot of people that helped me out. As yeah. As, uh, you know, one-armed man there. Um, but yeah, I went to New York, um, set up and yeah, had a really, really good time. Um, you know, we were, uh, flying in, welcomed, um, you know, like I always tell people, I mean, I, I love to visit New York, but you know, it's not a place I always want to just hang out all the time, but have, so have a lot of friends there that once again, just like here in Sioux Falls, helped me out a lot there too, setting up and doing things. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just, you know, I was able to, to see a lot of artist friends, yeah. um, that I hadn't seen in years. Um, and, you know, get to meet some people that I haven't seen in a long time, or, you know, that I haven't seen period, I should say, right. um, that are in the creative field. So that was really nice. But, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we had a signing with Midtown for the Joker book, which, uh, is available, uh, at Midtown Comics. They do have that signed. Um, and you can purchase that there, which is a special edition written by John Carpenter and Doug did the art on that. Yep. But yeah, we had a great time. Um, you know, we stuck to the same cuisine as usual, uh, because that's me. So poor Doug, you know, what do you, what do you like? I'm like, like a, dude, I'm the worst. Like, it doesn't matter who's with me, the people that I roll with. I can literally say, I'll be down in 10 minutes. And they'll be like, you just want us to order for you? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and then I'm like, what'd you order? And they're like, I would just order you a cheeseburger with fries. And uh, I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's exactly perfect. what I would get. Yep. You know, I'm, so I am too. I'm a creature of habit. And I think it drives my wife nuts because she really likes to experiment and try new things. And yeah, it, it, it works for me. So yep. no, we had it. We had a great trip. We stayed an extra day. Um, and uh, went up to Midtown and and did some things there. Uh-huh. And um, is that in Manhattan, yeah. Midtown? Comics? Uh yes, yes. So we were, yeah, that that's okay. where we were at. And then um, we, uh, Reed Conventions, Reed Pop, who puts on C two E two in Emerald City, mm-hmm. and New York Comic Con um, had us out, which was great. Like I said, and um, you know, I didn't go 
too crazy on picking up anything, but I, I picked up a Will Eisner spirit piece and I picked up a Walt Simonson piece and, um, I was able, Art Adams did this amazing uh, piece for me, uh, just out of the, not out of the kindness of his heart, but I mean, it was, it was a friend type situation that he was able to do that for me. So, you know, I wish it was live so I could show it because it was really cool, but you know, it was, it was busy days as usual. Mm -hmm. Um, so and, the nature, the nature of your business is selling comic art and comic books. Um, so these pieces that you picked up, were they for your personal collection or for resale? Uh, I don't, I don't sell a lot of original art, believe it or not, of my own. You don't? Um, no. I mean, it's very rare that I ever do, which is really kind of bizarre in a way. Well, um, being that you represent some comic book artists and sell their stuff, I didn't know if you collected pieces that you then in turn resold. Yeah. I mean, that's, well, we talked about this before, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. that's how I started out was, you know, buying art from people, um, kind of seeing that before it became a bigger, bigger market, yep. um, which it's always been a market, but I mean, you know, by the time I was able to afford, um, items and things like that, uh, yeah, I used to just buy stuff. And so, yeah, a lot of times, you know, if I see stuff I want, I go ahead and buy it and, you know, I sit and negotiate just like people negotiate with me. So mm -hmm. it's just stuff that I buy and I like and I keep. And for some reason, it's just the one thing that I have a very, very hard time letting go of. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I got back from um, New York, had had a really nice time there. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was on the, back on the road again and, uh, two or three weeks later, and um, we got invited to come to or go to a new show in Minneapolis. So a little bit about the Minneapolis comic scene, and this might be informative for the people that listen to the show. Yeah, because we um, are kind of in, I don't know, just outside of the Twin Cities um, area. It's about, from my house, about three and a half hours to yeah, uh, Minneapolis. It's, so. it's still a place people will go for shows. Obviously, people want to go to shows. They yeah. don't just go to Supercon. They go to any place they can get. Mm -hmm. So there they have uh, the Minnesota Comic Book Association. Very, very good association. Been around for a long time. Started by Nick Post, mm -hmm. uh, who passed away uh, a few years ago. And what do and they do? What is the Minnesota Comic can, uh, what are they so that one puts on the spring con and the fall con, and those are done out at the um, at the um, fairgrounds. Right, right, right. Um, and so they the, the spring con um, is, I believe, the one day wonder, and then fall con is two days. They get a lot of dealers, a lot of artists, a lot of the local um, people that live in the Minnesota area. Yeah, there are a lot of great Minnesota artists, writers, creators. Uh, Pat Gleason is one. Uh, Dan Jurgens, Doug Mankey, Tom Nguyen. Um, Elliot Rahal, I mean, uh, Bill Willing, yeah, Elliot, Elliot, Claire great, Meath. great guy. Uh, then of course, uh, uh, Bill Willingham uh, lives in the area too. He does. Um, the guy from the guy from Fables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. So, that. yeah, no, there's a there's a lot of people. Uh, Peter Gross. Uh, there's, I mean, I'm gonna forget some people, and I don't mean to, but there are a lot of really good people up in that area. Doesn't Peter um, Gross? He usually works with like Mike Carey, right? When they they did the. Um, they um, have, yeah, they've done stuff like, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, um, then, uh, a new show came in, um, and it was the owner, uh, Mike Broder, who used to own Florida Supercon. So this is a long story, but we did Florida Supercon years, years ago. Sure. Um, and he has sold that show, um, and he is now doing Galaxy Con shows. So this was the first ever Minneapolis Galaxy Con, and he had Batista there, and he had, 
um, Jerry from Parks and Rec, and he had the actor that plays Luke Cage, and he had, um, I mean, I'm trying to think who else. Yeah, I mean, he had he had a ton of people that were at this show. Yeah, uh, John Cusack was in. Um, oh, really? And then, was, yeah. was he approachable or? I mean, so, well, I'll tie into that. Here. So, so we, um, when we were actually at the show, mm-hmm. so I, I drove in the night before and went up to Doug's house yep. and they were gracious enough to have me over and got to hang out with the kids. And for our listeners, to, we're talking about Doug Mankey, correct? Doug, yeah, Doug Mankey. I know every time I say Doug. Uh, so we went, I went up to Doug Mankey's house and, and we went and did that. By the way, he took me to Perkins mm-hmm. and I had a burger. Fancy. Um, uh, I love Perkins. You know, I when when we can't think of anything else, my wife and I will go to Perkins in Sioux Falls. Yeah, we did that. So uh, we did that. We, you know, we talked about some stuff we were going to do, and we knew the next day we were going to be going to uh, GalaxyCon, which they, they were nice enough to 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 host us to come in and look and take a potential look at that. So we did a quick signing while we were there. But what was so funny, and I'm sure Doug may be listening to this eventually. But what was so funny was, you know, I said, well, we got to go through some art. We got to see where we're at on stuff. And he, you know, he comes out with a couple boxes of FedEx boxes, you know, and just stuff laying around the studio. And of course, I'm walking around the studio going through bins, like pulling out drawings he's done and, you know, cover roughs and things like this. I'm just pulling these things out, making a pile. And then he pulls out these boxes of art and I'm you know, I've seen this art before. It's new art. It's just, but I'm like, Doug, where's the art? Yeah. You know? So next morning, we're up, we're doing stuff, and his wonderful wife Michelle is there too, and she's like, "Well, Doug, go go get the box from upstairs, or go get the box forever," you know. Yeah. And he's kind of like, "Ugh." And brings down like a Christmas tree box full of art, right? Oh. And I'm looking at him. Oh my god. And so. We started going through it, and it was like the history of Doug Mankey from his first work to mask original art. So that's awesome. Um, uh, aliens art, Justice League art, Major Bummer art. You, you know, know so we were organizing it and getting it all in order, and then trying to decide what to do with it. Yeah, um, I think that so ma- a lot of this the mask stuff would be really cool because I don't think a lot of people know the origin of that uh, Jim Carrey character. Well, yeah. So originally, um, when, you know, my, my, I guess, as I tell the story in a quick synopsis of the mask, cause I, you know, there's a lot coming back out with that again. Yeah. Was yeah, that originally it was created Mike Richardson who owns dark horse comics, who's his creation. Yeah. Uh, they did one called the mask and they asked and that ran as kind of like a little story that was in dark horse presents, but it got to be a little too political, a little too not where they wanted it to go. Yeah. So they came back and they had a comic called Mayhem. Mm-hmm. And in the first issue of Mayhem, they brought on John Arcudi and Doug Mankey as the artist and and uh, writer, writer and artist, John Arcudi, obviously being the writer and a longtime collaborator of Doug Mankey's with Major Bummer and other things. And actually the first professional work Doug ever did was with John Arcudi also. So they brought them together and had them do this and they had them reinvent what it looked like. And... I know Doug gave a lot of that style to the mask, and I know there was a bit to that where they kind of knew the direction they wanted to go with the green mask and yep. all of that stuff. But, um, you know, it, you it ended up a lot becoming... to the table, though. I mean, when I look back at, like, the Batman Who Laughs, 
Um, yeah. Or The Man Who Laughs, I guess it's called. Yeah. Um, and you see his Joker. There's a lot of mask influence there or Joker influence, however you want to think of it. But um, I was looking at this you the know, other I day. I think that's a really good way. I mean, I mean, I think he knows how to draw very animated uh, characters and, and very creepy characters that yeah. can look really cool. And with the mask, even when he gets to draw him still to this day, if someone would come up and ask him for a mask or something, I mean, he just, you know, whip something out. And yep. I think it was when I look back at his career, I mean, I think that that's really what broke him through the glass ceiling, you know, yeah. um, to what, be what able I'm to looking, do more I'm things. looking at it right in front of me, that picture of the Joker when he's got playing cards in his hand. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just love that. And I've got the trade of it, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, but I can it, definitely see the way he draws the, um, curvature around the Joker's smile where dimples would normally be, you know, and oh, it's, it's just got a Jim Carrey look to it. And I can definitely, and I say Jim Carrey because he brought the mask to life then a few years later. Sure. sure. And, you know, if, if you ever have Doug explain how he draws the Joker, I mean, there's a specific way he draws the Joker in a specific way that he does the, the musculature of the face mm-hmm. and everything. I mean, you know, he's explained it to me and, if you don't follow him on Instagram, it's at the Doug Mankey, and you'll see a lot of Jokers popping up soon because he's got a lot of Jokers he needs to draw right now as something that we have as a side project. So, Well, I, um, I think it's great. He's really great about social media, doing the tiny Batman thing. Um, yeah. So if you don't know what that is, every couple days or so, or maybe it was every day, he was drawing a different Batman um, but in miniature and doing Batman kind of thing. Yeah, it was really it was just hilarious. An incorrigible little Batman that yep. people just loved. In New York, we got asked about that a lot. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it was pretty crazy. So I've kind of put him on hold with that, which is sad because we oh, have you, other you stuff told him to slow down to, on that? No, no. I never tell him to slow down, but I just know that there's priorities that we have to accomplish right now. Yeah. And then that. That kind of stuff. I mean, he could go years of just drawing that and having fun with it, but we've got other things that we have to accomplish and get done. So, mm-hmm. but we went to the show, a uh, great attendance. So I want to give a shout out to the Galaxy Con. Um, it's very nice that there's two independent kind of shows in Minneapolis, that there's no beef between any of them. Um, and that was something that I set out right away. I got the two parties involved that run both and just kind of said, look, you're, you're a show that's in, that's kind of the independent show. You've been here for, you know, forever. You have your own style. You have your own thing going on. I kind of related it to myself and Rainbow in a way, if that makes right. sense. Yeah. We can work together. I'm not infringing upon Rainbow's stuff. They're not infringing upon mine. We can either work together and make this like a really good uh, situation, which we all, we all have. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think there's ever going to be a problem with any of that. And it was the same thing I told him there. I mean, look, when you're bringing in Dave Batista and you're bringing in John Cusack and you're bringing in, you know, all these different people, actors from The Office and Michelle Nichols from Star Trek and Luke Cage and all that. That's something that they don't do with the, with the, with the, the Falcon and Spring Con. They just, it's all comics. It's yep. all, it's all that stuff, which is great. Yeah. But the other one is a different one and it's held, you know, in a different area and they brought in a lot of people. So, we talked with them. We saw things. And, um, we thought they did a great job. And yeah. um, obviously, we know the party, so we may be doing a show down the road with them. But it was fun. I, I got to tell this story because it, it's cool. You know, sure. it's like we go in the the green room, which a green room is like you would, you know, yeah, 
you think it is, you know, where you've got all this special food and all that. Yeah, know. it's kind of a prep, prep time. You know. Yeah, <laughs> it's a place where people can go rest, take their time and stuff. Yep. And so we had to go back and talk to Mike, who owns the show and operates the show. And so while we're back there, I'm like, we're talking, you know, we're having a good, great conversation about stuff. And I'm kind of looking through the curtain into the green room, which is where we had come into. And we were in like even a further back room. And I'm like, that's Jerry from Parks and Rec. That's <laughs> awesome. Like, I'm just staring, you know, and I'm like, I've met a lot of these people before. But I mean, some of them I haven't met yet. And so we go and I don't know, somebody grabs somebody and they're like, uh, just make sure JJ gets to meet, uh, you know, make makes sure JJ gets to go meet him or whatever. So we're kind of waiting. He's eating lunch at that time. It's like, I yeah. don't need to meet him. So we're waiting around. And then all of a sudden it's like, this guy walks by you in a black trench coat. And it's like, that's John Cusack. Like he was wearing legit. a black trench that's coat like, there. That's awesome. Black hat, black trench coat. Right. And he like walks right by you. And you, I mean, you're just like, what? That reminds and then me of sudden, like gross point blank. Right. When he was, there. yeah, you, you all of a sudden hear, excuse us, excuse us. And you turn around and Michelle Nichols, you know, Lieutenant, you hear uh, from yep. the old star Trek. She's being, you know, wheeled. She's in a wheelchair right now. She's oh, being she? pushed over to a table. So, you know, you get out of the way, but as she's you get out of the way, you're there, looking at that. Yeah. As you get out of the way and you look, there's the uh, Mike Coulter who plays Luke Cage sitting right there, right? right? Yeah. And then I'm so then I'm turning again, right? And at this point, I'm turning and here comes Jay Garrick, the Flash from the CW, walking by me now. At this point, wow. So I'm like in this alternate universe. So He's then I look back right over. Now. Yeah, I look back over to Jerry from Parks and Rec, and Nellie from The Office is sitting talking with them. And she was the British uh, gal who came over, yep. and she was also in Doctor Who. Yep. So I, mean, yep. I was like, you know, mind blown at that point. I was like, this is so cool. Like, I'm like, I shouldn't be back here. Like, right. you know, I mean, I knew I was supposed to be back there, but I was just like, this is just cool. Yeah. So, you know, of course, grab some food and drinks. And then, you know, then I made my way out, said goodbye to people, and, and um, took Doug home, got out of there, and then uh, – Drove home, got laid, got tired, but <laughs> made it back home. Yep. And uh, now we uh, we are feverishly working on uh, the mystery art envelopes. Yes, tell us so, about the the mystery, uh, the art, mystery envelopes. art envelopes. So, so. Um, <laughs> you were alluding to this earlier when you and I talked on the phone. I think yesterday. Yeah. Um, let's hear what these are. So this is Doug Mankey art. Yeah. Okay. So this isn't like. This isn't like re you know reinventing the wheel or anything. This is something that that we've seen others do that we admire within the industry and that we've talked to about doing. Tony Daniels, someone who has done it, and I purposely have asked Tony Daniels, who's a famous artist, yeah, you know, works on Batman, works on a ton of stuff. Yep, he's done something similar to this, and and so we've kind of followed the model that he's done, and we've asked him, can can we basically you know, ape this, can we go with this? Yeah, he doesn't care, he's cool with it, you know, I mean, uh-huh. a lot of good dudes in this industry. Um, and so basically what we do is we have, it's like buying a blind bag. It's a mystery envelope. So we're going to make up a, probably about 100 of these um, with the help of my friend Ken Carson, um, who hopefully will hear this and, and know that I'm giving him all the respect I can. Um, Ken's a fellow art collector and someone who's offered to help with this. But what we do is, um, we originally did it in New York, um, and we basically sold through. Um, we had a hundred envelopes, and within those hundred envelopes, we had uh, a cover, we had original sketches, uh, but every envelope contained at least one page of published art or a cover or 
you know, a double page splash would be, you know, which would be a big thing or a splash page. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't get a single page of published art, instead you might have got a cover, you mm-hmm. know. So that was a bigger winner. But then we had golden tickets in there too where you could exchange them for prints. You could exchange them for de- uh, Detective 1000 copies. That's cool. Um, and we had other sketches in there, like I said. So now we had a lot of people that were requesting that we do this again. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, I mean, like, I don't think I have that many art pieces that I can kind of do. Because, I mean, you can't put, you know, $3,000 art pieces in this consistently over and over again. It's just not possible. No, 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 no. And you want to price it so that people can enjoy it and have fun with it. So going through Doug's archives, found a lot of stuff. Found a lot of stuff here. And so this is kind of, I mean, I haven't discussed this publicly yet, but sure. I, I can hear. So I think that the way that we're going to potentially look at it is splitting it up into 33 envelopes, 33 envelopes, and 33 envelopes. Okay. So in sections, the 100 or 99 will be split up into three groups. Each group will have a cover. So you have a 1 in 33 shot of getting the cover. Mm-hmm. Um, each group will have... A couple prints that are remarked on. They're the, the artist proof. They're you know they're copies that we set aside. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be tiny Batman sketches. Oh, that's cool. There will be original sketches by Doug, um, and there may be one for each thirty-three group. But then Doug did smaller sketches too, which some of them are on Instagram. In fact, one of them is a, a Batman with Baby Yoda, where he's pinning a Robin on him. Um, and so it's very well thought out as to what we want to include in these and make sure that you know if you get the cover look you might as well quit digging inside of the the mystery envelope you won (laughs) if you get a cover yeah yeah because if you get the cover i mean that's thousands of dollars right there but why do we do it so why we do it is it's fun to do it's a way for us to move a surplus of art just being totally honest with people. But we also make sure that you're going to at least get your money's worth out of it. And you're also going to, at the end of the day, get something fun, get something exciting to be added in that. Um, and so, I mean, I would lose my mind if I got the Batman pinning a Robin logo, you know, the Robin emblem on Baby Yoda. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it'd be, <laughs> and I asked Doug to do that. I'm like, have you seen Baby Yoda yet? No. <laughs> Started sending him pictures and he fell in love with it. And then next thing I know, like, you know, has he an hour watched, later, has he watched me the a picture. After I told him about it, yeah, yeah, they went and got Disney Plus and watched it. So, um, that's the mystery art envelopes. So price is still yet to be determined. It'll be either 125 or 150 shipped, mm-hmm. um, with all the bells and whistles. And then those are sealed up with our Doug Mankey logo stickers so that they're, they're, um, you know, no one's tampering with them or anything. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think they'll sell well and, and I'm hoping we can get those out and Doug when, keeps sending me pictures. When is the release date for those? I hope it's Cyber Monday. Okay. So in a couple know, days, so, three days, uh, uh yeah, two days. Yeah. <laughs> it's Saturday. So I forgot. It's Saturday. Yeah. So Sunday and Monday, we'd like to have it out there. Yeah. And, um, I'll announce it on my Instagram, which is at JJ's Comics and Art, spelled out just that way. Yep. Um, or if you go to at the Doug Mankey, I'm sure he has me down underneath. You know, uh, I'll put I'll put all of it in the show notes as well. Yeah, because um, I know our we people can do on, some of that stuff. on Facebook when they see it, they're able to click on that and see all the show notes. And then, yeah, and I think you know if people you know want to get those. Um, it's just fun. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's a lot of work on, on my end. It's a ton of work on Doug's end. 
Um, it's financially rewarding for us to do it, obviously. Sure. There's other ways to make money, too. What's... But it's just kind of a fun way to see the excitement of what people get. So and, I mean, we the... had... What's the process? Yeah. I mean, did he just give you all this stuff to sort and decide what to do with it? Or... Yeah, I mean, that's that's how we always work generally. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's art that I have here, uh, art that I gathered from there. So it'll be a lot of, like, older art, but, you know, maybe I'll throw some Batman pages. Sure. Be Green Lantern pages. Oh, you uh, know what Justice would be awesome pages. is getting um, Green Lantern stuff from the darkest uh, – Blackest Night. From Blackest Night. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, well, I'm positive that I have pages of that, so I plan on throwing some stuff that in. That would be so cool. Um, hey, you know, is there so. a Blackest Night cover available? Do you know that? Uh, no, the only... No, I, uh, no, I don't okay. think so. You haven't seen one? Okay. Well, I'm trying to think of all this stuff. I mean, yeah. you know, Black Adam just got announced with Dwayne Johnson, and, and you know, I know... Some people know and some people don't, but I mean, Doug did a really epic, um, along with Pete Tomasi, mm -hmm. uh, did a real epic Shazam series um, that kind of brought Black Adam back to relevancy, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, where he was big and muscular and jacked. And, well, what you know, I think is cool is that right now in Tomasi and Doug's um, detective run is that they're yeah. really focusing on Mr. Freeze. And what... I think it's cool. People love it. I do. It's a <laughs> revival. It. Yeah, it's a revival of Mr. Freeze and his wife. This totally yes. original story of his wife coming to life. I love the way Doug has drawn her. Um, yes. she's totally badass and scary. You know, in her yeah. own way. Yeah. Um, but you look at DC Black Label. They're taking a look at what Doug and and Pete are doing because they just did a Von Freeze issue, and that Mr. Freeze wouldn't have even been on the radar for this black label if it wasn't for what's going on in Detective. You think so, huh? Yes. I mean, nobody else cares about Mr. Freeze. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, I think any challenge that's put in front of Doug, he's going to take it and run with it. Yeah. You know, he designed all of that stuff. And, um, you know, one thing that, um, you know, I've always said, and we'll move on from Doug. I know probably Doug doesn't want to hear about himself. He does you know? too. I don't even he's think pretty, he listens to this. He's a, well, he will when I tell him that, he, that I'm talking about him because he probably wants to make sure I'm not talking any, you know, bad stuff about him. No, I, I love, I love chatting with Doug. You know, my favorite conversation he and I had was about martial arts. Of uh, course. Yeah. Um, but he's a great guy. Um, but yeah, we can move on whenever, whenever you no, want. No, but... I, I just, no, I was just going to wrap up and I was just going to say, you know, one of the things that, um, uh, yeah, no, he, yeah, he's got some great stories and, um, I, I, I can kind of put this story together, but he was asked to work on a project years ago and he was reminding me of this and it was a, it was a project that's on TV now. Um, sure. and it's a project that, you know, I won't say what it is. I don't okay. want to allude to it, but it was a project that has become very successful. Okay. And he was asked to be the artist on it. Um, and his first thought when he read it was, you know, this isn't what I want my kids to see of my art. Type right. Thing. Yep. And so I, I think one of the things that I, I love so much about him, um, is the way that, um, and I really mean this. I think in comics, sometimes we tend to draw women a little scantily, you know, a little bit more than what is normal. And, you know, he's got a house full of women that he loves and takes care of. Yep. And, and I mean, I he, he that, has all daughters, right? 
Uh, he's got two sons. Two also. sons. Yeah. Okay, okay. I knew he yeah, had. But, I knew he had a, a large amount of kids, and for some reason, I thought they were all daughters. But yeah, they're all great too. They're all great. Yeah. Uh, they really are. And um, but I, I know that at the end of the day, like he he tries to draw humans as humans. Yeah. And he tries to draw women as women, and I think that's part of the. If you haven't read yet, the Nora Free stuff looks so amazing. It does. Obviously, she's not. She's not overly sexualized. She's not sexualized at all. Really, she just. She, she's a female version of Victor and she's got, well, he's drawn a lot of strong women. If you think yep, about it, I yep. mean, he has throughout his entire career. So it's not anything shocking that he, that, that, and maybe I'm getting a little too deep into it. I just, I've seen him draw before and I've seen him ask, been at, he's been asked to draw things that. So what you're you know, saying is that he passed up a pretty good opportunity because he didn't like the, the aesthetic feel of it and he didn't want it to go with his reputation? I think he would have drawn it in a heartbeat, but I think he knew that he, his kids would see that art. Yeah. And he didn't feel that that was, you know, the right decision at that time. Yeah. So I think that's, again, always speaks to the man, but yep. moving on from yeah. this to that. So I, let's so talk. Doug, if you hear this, it was wonderful talking about you as always. Yes, it, you. It's always fun. Doug, I love, I love, you. love the new detective issue. I'm, I'm uh, really getting into the free stuff. Okay. I'll stop. Okay. I'll stop going on about him too. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on with you? What do you get going on with your art sales? Uh, um, what's some big, yeah. what's some big, I'm always watching your um, eBay. Sorry. I stalk uh, you on oh. eBay um, just to see what you've got because <laughs> uh, no, because um I, I'm starting to collect stuff myself, not only to yeah. resell, but, but for my own personal collections. And so, sure. um, after looking through some of your stuff, when we were at the Sioux Falls con, yeah. um, I really like new 52 stuff. So it was really fun to pick up a couple con exclusive new 52, like Batman yeah. number ones. That was fun. Yeah. 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 Um, but what are some I think, of your, I think you were asking me for prices on that stuff too. Just... Yeah. Yep. Um, cause I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the, um, search for some of that, you know, 10 year old Batman stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In the early 2000 range. Yeah. Um, so what have you got that you, um, have for sale right now that are, I don't know, more high end items that might be harder mm. to find. Um, I think the one that I put up that I've gotten the most heat about or yeah. the most like social discussion or sure. comments or people being like, you're crazy is I went to a dinner in San Diego um, it was like a five hundred dollar plate dinner wow. um, with Dave Gibbons from The Watchmen, which we'll segue into that in a That's, minute. Right? Oh my god! And I'm it so was jealous. they did twenty five oversized hardcovers, and each of them has got a special page in it that you know is numbered out of twenty five. And then he did a drawing, and I have I have a couple of them, wow. so <laughs> I wow. put one up. And I put a hefty price on it, and I just thought, you know, well, we'll see what happens with it type thing. Do you want to share um, your eBay um, um, username if people want to search for it? Uh, sure, uh, sure. So they sale? can send me really bad offers. No. Um, <laughs> I kid, I kid, I kid. I take every offer with a grin of salt. I love your really eBay name, one. by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it should be, I think it'd be like JJ's Comics, right? But nope. in fact, it is order underscore... 66 yes. which is a really good star wars reference which, yes i have been watching you know, i've been watching the clone wars um now since it um is all available on disney plus yes. and um i only watched it sporadically episode here episode there but now i'm systematically making my way through it um up until the 
Order 66 moment that happens in Revenge of the Sith. Right. Um, so one funny thing is, I don't know if you listened to our last week episode, but when I started my rewatching of the Clone Wars in episode yeah. two of season one, Count Dooku, okay. Count Dooku uh, addresses General Grievous as genital Grievous. And no way. Yes. About two minutes in episode two of season one, JP and I played it over and over and over and it is absolutely genital grievous. And so is it on the, is it on last week's podcast? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cause I'm behind. So and we even, I'll, yeah, uh... we, we recorded it. We recorded the, <laughs> the thing too. So I think, I think the uh, voice actor of Count Dooku made a mistake and didn't even think about it. And then sure. the editors later were like, let's just leave it in. <laughs> sure. Sure. Because <laughs> uh, there's no way my ears picked up on it immediately. And I was just casually playing the, the episode. That's so funny. Yeah. That's and he's so like, he's like, genital grievous. <laughs> what the? <laughs> Say that again. I'm like, I don't, uh, so I'm like, rewind, rewind, rewind. <laughs> so order 66 yeah. on, on eBay. Yeah. If you want to check that out, we'll put that in the show notes. Look yep. at me. I'm just trying to like, you know. Nope. Uh, this is all about you, baby. Big, I really I'm appreciate you filling in. Black Friday sale. I got to tell them about my big Black Friday sale. Okay. You ready? Ready. I don't have one. I didn't think so because it's Saturday. <laughs> it Black Friday was yesterday. Well, I, you know, I was talking to my, my my lovely wife about this, and she asked, and and I said, look, it just doesn't matter. You could have a I Cyber like Monday. Rock, it doesn't matter. It you know, it. I'm not slinging, um, you know, iPhones and and and. And the newest TVs, I mean, I'm selling unique products yes. that to me hold value no matter whether it's Black Friday or it's Easter or it's Christmas or yep. it's uh, June 29th or June 30th. It doesn't matter what day it is. You I know, agree, it's 100%. relevant at the time. Someone's going to want it. That's what I'm trying to do. So, huh, you know, yeah, you, you see all these, you know, big Black Friday sales and you see all this, but the, it's a lot of people going in and buying stuff at 75% off or doorbusters or this or that. Now, granted, there are there are a lot of comic dealers and comic people out there that have a lot committed to a lot of things and a lot of product that are now end of the year trying to move that stuff out at yep. bottom of the barrel prices. But that's the position that maybe they're in and that's the position that I'm not in. Yeah. So you know, there's there's a little business, you know, that I like to pass on. Don't put yourself in a position to where you or having to do things like where that. Where you're going to have to get rid of your inventory to afford new inventory. Um, right. You're robbing Peter to pay Paul. I mean, you know, it, it, it happens a lot in this industry. It happens a lot in a lot of um, collectibles industries, and you just don't want to be in that position. Right. Um, there's there's also a time, though, where, like, Rainbow is running a 50% of uh, I stopped in there today. I purposely made sure I came in after you. No, did I, you? I'm kidding, but we I, did miss each other. When I talked to you on the phone, I was literally about – you know, a few exits away off the interstate. I was more worried about your driving skills yeah. at that point. Well, we, I we have, do live in the Midwest. Folks. I do got a brand new car. And so it's got all of this like uh tech in it that allows me to call and <laughs> chat with people without even moving yes. my hands. Yes. Yes. I and love you, it. So you called me and told me you're heading in and yep. you know, we're going to we talk tonight, but like rainbow is having a 50% off sale this weekend on back issues, uh, trade paperbacks, 20% off stuff on the wall. Ooh, John told uh, me thirty percent off. Thirty uh, percent, yeah. I mean, it's it's a great deal. Yeah, they've got a great uh, great group of guys in there. Great stuff for sale. Uh-huh. Um, and so I stopped down. I picked up a few things. In fact, I picked up the um, portfolio poster book of Frank Cho and the art germ 
yeah. because they were half price. Yeah. And, you know, John knew that was a stupid price, but they were happy that I was able to get it. And I said, well, the only difference between it now and the difference between it several, you know, a year from now is it'll still be wrapped. It'll just be in a different environment. It's yeah. just going to be sitting on my shelf somewhere unopened. Yep. But picked up a few comics um, and got to see the guys and, and saw a lot of people and they're picking stuff up. And, um, you know, they, they run a great sale and, and these are great opportunities to pick things up for people. Um, I don't know how many Watchmen trade paperbacks they have left. Uh, I knew I set one on the counter. <laughs> They'll probably laugh at this, but I do this little viral marketing sometimes where I just go grab things in the store and I yeah. put it up on the counter and I'm like, this should be up here for sale. Yeah. You know, and Watchmen was one of them. And yeah. I'm sure they've sold through on the trade paperbacks now because as you and I were going to talk about Watchmen, I think. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that's one that I think if people are watching it right now, like, mm-hmm. man, if you did not read the book, yeah. I think you're missing out on a lot of stuff. I, I didn't, with the book though, I'd never really enjoyed the little interludes of the journal stuff. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I, I never think really you can get away that. with that. You, you can get away with, with not reading that, but if you read the actual comic part of Watchmen. Yeah. And then you come to it now and you're watching the HBO Watchmen. I mean, you're watching now a show that is like, there's rabbits bouncing all over with Easter eggs for you. Yes. You know, I mean, they're literally, it's like a sing along with the ball bouncing on, you know, on top mm-hmm. of the words. If that is exactly what's happening in that show, there's so much that harkens back to that series. And, and it's, that, you feel like it's better than the movie it's so far? Oh, absolutely. I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful that. In all the interviews, this was a one standalone season, and I was really disheartened. I thought, man, you could go so much longer. And it's the same, you know, it's the same guy that did Lost, which I loved Lost, but a lot of people are like, look, you didn't wrap up every plot line in Lost, Ooh, so I still love Lost. Carlton Cuse, J.J. Abrams, no, or who are you talking about? Uh, Damon Lindelof. Damon Lindelof. I believe is the one yep. that's doing this one. Yep. And, um, he had an idea of what he wanted to do. There's a great podcast out there right now too. That's HBO sponsored, but he talks about the shows and uh-huh. in the beginning of this. Um, he did a wonderful job with it. And I think there's only like four episodes left. I don't want to give anything away, no. but I would say that if, if people haven't had a chance to watch it, it's, it's phenomenally well done. It's very dense, but not overtly dense. Mm-hmm. But if you read Watchmen and then you read this, you'll know who characters are ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You'll understand who characters are ahead of time. And a lot of them are very, very vital characters that are either in play right now or are going to be coming up. So, yeah, well, know, I, haven't I would seen, challenge people. I haven't seen any of it yet, so I'm looking forward to watching it all. Oh, you'll love it. Uh, you absolutely love it. I mean, it's very, very well done by, by everybody on board. And, and, and like I said, you, you kind of, you know, he said, well, listen, you, you you know, we've only got one season. Yeah. And you know, he still says we've only got one season. He got approached like three times to do this and finally said, okay, I think I've got the right concept of what to do. Yeah. And they only got the basis for of one this, season or it's only one season, but he said, you know, I mean, look, we know HBO is probably going to want to do more. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. But for now, it's just this one season. I can live with it, you know. Yeah. I can live with any any show that knows where it wants to go and can end. Yeah. Um, would I have liked to have seen another uh, a season of Vice Principals, for example, on HBO? Yeah. Yes. Or would I have liked to have seen another, you know, another season of, of something else? Um, you know, that was only one or two seasons. 
Well, I'll tell you, I would love to have seen another season of Jericho. Does anyone remember Jericho? I do. Yeah, uh, I loved it too. But oh it was a short-run show. Um, Two seasons, you yeah. know, but everyone tried to get it going, and that was back before they had the ability to like go to Netflix or do any of that. But now, you know, we're seeing self-contained stories where they know where they want to go, they mm-hmm. want to wrap it up. And then now we can kind of talk about the Disney Plus, because I know you're Jones going to talk about the Disney Plus. I love Disney Plus. Um, it's been... <laughs> Well, I have, my wife has a daycare, so um, oh. having all of that Disney content um, for the daycare kids and even the little bit older kids, you know, like the after-school kids, having all that Marvel Marvel content is just great, you know. I have I, I have gone on. I had never seen Captain Marvel yet. Me either. And, and often many people are like, "Well, you know, you've got to be seeing every one of these movies the minute they come out." Yeah, they think we've talked about this in the past. It's like, no, I don't. I, don't I don't have time to go see every movie when it comes out just to see it, you know. And like, then the other thing is just because it's my day job. I yeah, exactly. I I uh and if it's about a character I never really cared about, I'm not going to run out the door. And I never really got into Captain Marvel. I'll see it I, now but, that it's on Disney Plus, but you know what? I did enjoy it. I have to say I I, I did not really enjoy her character in Avengers Endgame. Right. After I watched this movie, I really enjoyed her. Whole new appreciation um, for it. Yeah, whole new appreciation for it. So awesome. uh, I know I watched that, and then one night um, Sarah had uh, her friend Sarah over. And I think I don't, you know, my my visions, my mind's a little. I'm getting older, Tyler. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I'm I like, I'm gonna watch the X Men cartoon. Ooh, the '90s like, one. Oh yeah, so I hit it running right. Night yep. of the Sentinels, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, it's so bad. And then I'm like, let me watch the second one. And then, you know, all of a sudden I wait for it. And it's like, oh, it's so bad. We got to go back for him. You know, and I'm and, like, oh. And the only thing good about that is the intro um, montage. The intro is so epic, right? Yeah, yep, exactly. You, you, you remember it and you see it and you're like, oh, yeah, from kid from that time. Oh, I was yeah. like, you know, they're, it's also like Storm, Beast, how old, were you, how old were you when it was like popular? I was 12. And so, what year did that come out? Ninety, ninety-four, maybe. I, I'm guessing. I I didn't watch it. Watch it because by that time, I mean, I was, I was like a young adult at that point. I mean, I was. I think it was. I thought it was around ninety-two or something like that. It might have been. I I, I knew it was on. Um, and you know, I Saturday mornings weren't really a time for me to get up and watch cartoons at that yeah. age. So they also, um, or at that same time, had the Spider-Man one, and then the Fantastic Four one, which didn't do nearly as well. Right, and this, what I think people really enjoyed about those series was that you know they would tell like a twelve-part chapter story, you know, especially Spider-Man. Yeah, um, and kind of go through with it. So, um, you know, I haven't haven't really touched it. I've, I've touched the Mandalorian. Yep. <laughs> Um, you're not you, are you are you a fan of the mandalorian so far i love it yeah i love it i've watched you know, the first three episodes i know the fourth one is out but right. i'm I'm waiting till my stepson comes back home from his dad's because his dad doesn't have disney plus so he and i've been watching it together yeah and nobody else in the house really likes the mandalorian so it's just become our thing but um, Which is cool. i'm really excited where it's gonna go um i have some fan theories um, which may either be confirmed, too. <laughs> be confirmed or tore apart after I watched the fourth episode. I don't know. Um, do you think that this Yoda character, this Yoda species is 
um, a clone of Yoda or just from the same species? I think it's same species. I think, you know, the smartest thing that they can do is not explain what doesn't need to be explained. Right. right. I mean, have we ever sat and been like, hmm, where's Yoda from? Hmm. Who are Yoda's parents? Hmm. Who? Are... No. We know it's a baby Yoda. We we all want it to have a name. Yeah. Right. And I I don't know whether it'll actually have a name. It'll be interesting. Yeah. You know, if they, whatever it may be. Yep. Um, in my time of, you know, you know, I sell sports cards for a living too. I you know sell art, I sell toys, I sell everything. Yeah. They kept this hidden from so many people that it was almost, I made a joke to Brian the other day and I said, they could have paid off what they paid to buy the Star Wars rights by just having baby Yoda stuff ready to go for the Christmas season. Oh yeah. I heard there's no Yoda merchandise. Um, there isn't any Yoda merchandise right now. There is actually, um, if you go to shopdisney.com, you can order t-shirts and you can order like mugs and you can order like iPhone cases, okay. but of course it's all just stuff that anyone can make, and they're making very quickly and very fast. Yeah, um, and I will have some Baby Yoda sports cards um, very soon. Awesome. Um, so yes, I'm hoping to have them this. Was week. there? Are so they, they part actually, of a series of Star Wars cards? Or yeah, yeah, they are part of uh, Mandalorian. Okay. Um, and so I've been waiting for the Baby Yoda cards to come out. So I've got those. Uh, already got a shipping uh, confirmation. That they're already on the way to me, so I think that'll be a big one this season. Um, I, but, I, I uh, really want a Baby Yoda pop vinyl. I think that would look great yeah, on my desk I, at work. <laughs> well, and see, you know that that's one of those things that I'm waiting for too. Right now, is I'm waiting to get my distributor. Like, hey, we've got them. Order them now. Yeah. Um, and what I would tell people is like, you know, the minute they come out. There'll be people pre-selling them. You're not going to get them right away. I'm just telling you, like, there's no way they can make them this fast and get them shipped all the way over to the U.S. Right. And get them out the door. But if you put a pre-order in with someone that's reputable and can get those for you um, at, a, at a decent price, just know what's coming in. Yeah. But just know that I wouldn't be shocked if there's several versions of the Baby Yoda, like Hot Topic has one and Disney Store has one. And, you know, you can do a lot with it. Um, it always comes back to that, buy what you like, like what you buy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the first thing I thought of. I'm like, God, I did not have a pop for this out right yep, now. Yep, exactly. Um, I'm plush sure that they'll have an uh, yeah, plush toy action figures. Because um, there I'm are already Kohl's, Mandalorian action figures. When I'm at Kohl's, my daughter and my son, when he was that age too, would love the plush toys. Like right when you walk in, they usually yeah. have like Cat in the Hat or yeah, something. Yeah, at least. And, and, and if there would be a plush Baby Yoda thing, God, that would be awesome. They couldn't keep them in stock. No. They couldn't keep them in stock. So yeah, I think that that's something that will last um, and stand the test of time. So uh I, th I don't think the character is going to be disappearing. Uh, that That's nothing for future episodes or anything. Yeah. Um, I think that Disney's not dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think that that character is going to be around for as long as the Mandalorian is going to be around. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would always tell people back in the day when, you know, they would talk about, like to me, I think we've even talked about it on, on the podcast before where I've said, you know, they want to do movies. They want to do all this stuff. If they want to do their kind of the Game of Thrones show, yeah. then just start from the first Force users and the first Sith and just work your way up. And I'm like, and end it when Yoda, you know, is born. 
That would be really cool. Like, like just seeing like the Sith history would be awesome. Yes, it would be. And it would actually, you could just do the Sith. I mean, it yep. would be crazy, right? So the whole point of it is, is if, when you get Star Wars back in the day, back in the day, in the um, day. you know, it was one, you had a very large ensemble cast. I mean, think about it. You had this big, you know, dog like creature walking around and, and robots and this guy in like a samurai helmet. And, and it was contained, I mean, come to, on. it was contained to three movies and, you know, it now but a large cast. It actually had a very large cast for what it was. Do you, you know now when it's you kind of expanded it. into Star Trek territory where it's movies, it's TV shows, it's cartoons, it's video games. Sure, you know, sure. But the humor of it is, is they found their niche. Yeah, and, and you know, this Mandalorian he hurt anybody's feelings, but this Mandalorian could be a much bigger hit than the movie coming out in a, a couple weeks. Oh yeah, this movie is basically to just clean up what. Um, previous director uh uh what's ryan what's his last name i don't even know yeah to clean up to clean up you know last jedi and once that's or not to snoke yep and then once that's done once this jj abram movie comes out i don't even know if they'll focus on movies very much i mean tv shows on netflix or hulu or disney plus seem the way to go well they've got uh you know they've got um uh, Ewan McGregor coming back, reprising his role as Obi Wan Kenobi. That's going to be interesting. By the to way, see I do think he's young. going to appear in the Mandalorian. So there you go. Do you a really young Obi Wan, or, or no, old Obi Wan? I just have my theory on him showing up in the series. Okay. Yeah, that's it. You have some inside information. I don't have any inside information. Okay, okay. I do know that there's a scene that makes it all make sense to me that ties into the Clone Wars cartoon also. Does it? Because that's what I'm watching right now. Yeah. Um, so do you, what do you think, all the bounty hunters, what do you think the reason is for wanting the Yoda baby? To, to extract force powers from it? I don't know. So there's something in him, right? But we know he's very force sensitive at this point. But I mean, what are you going to extract from the midichlorians? I mean, I have no clue. I think that uh, I think that Disney has given up on the midichlorian thing that George Lucas started. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what would necessarily be in him, right. other than I just am telling you, like, if he runs for president on the Democratic ticket, I think he'll probably win. Maybe. <laughs> and I, awesome. I, I, I'm not being political here. I'm just saying, like, it's like a fever pitch, yep. you know? I mean, uh, so, but, but, but yeah, back in the day, I used to say, man, they should just do a Boba Fett uh, TV show. Like, when they were talking about doing shows, I'm like, all they got to do is a good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just make it a Western. Make it a, you know, make it a spaghetti Western. Yeah. You know, man on a mission, out there doing his things. You know, it's a nasty world. And then, you know, not that... <laughs> Not that anyone ever heard me. I, I'm I'm wise enough to know that, but I'm very happy with the tone they've taken on this. Yeah, it's that, it's slightly comical, um, but yet it's serious, you know. Yeah, but by by the end of episode three, as numerous people have stated, those first three those first first three shows could have been a movie. Mm-hmm. And I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, there are some epic moments at the end of that third third episode. Um, again not ruining anything but i know for my wife um she loves beauty and the beast yeah and i uh and she loves all the disney animated movies and so 
she told me that she knows every word from Beauty and the Beast. And of course, I'm like, of course, you know every word. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. My wife is like So that. she started um, playing it. And 10 minutes later, I'm like, enough. Yeah. She did the whole forward, the whole prologue, she did. word for word, on cadence, and you're through like, the entire movie. And I was like, this is amazing. But I, I'm like, enough. Like, that was so epic. It, it's amazing, so, but it's annoying. <laughs> she, well, no, it was, uh, to me, I was like, man, like, uh, you know, I mean, I'm kind of like the the Han Solo and Princess Leia and the, and the Carbonite Chamber, you know, I love yep. you. I know. I mean, that's about as good as I am on remembering lines. So, sure. Cheer someone just repeat it all back. And My... uh, it was amazing. But I, I love the fact that it's out there. I have not watched a lot of, a lot of it. I've, I've actually, um, just wrapped up Titans on, um, uh, the DC network. Mm-hmm. Um, is that worth and... it? The DC network? Is that worth getting? <sighs> I think that if you like to read digital comics. Yeah. And they have the DCU uh, Daily, uh, which is like a live TV show. And they have a new Harley animated show that just started. Right. They have the, um, for cartoons, they have a lot of the older cartoons. I don't think they have the full Batman animated on there. But they have Young Justice on there. Uh-huh. And then they have the Swamp Thing series. Do they, but, do they have the animated movies that have been coming out lately? Yes. Okay. Yes, they do. Cause, so even Hush was on there. Yeah. Um, uh, the reign of the Hush? Superman was on there. Uh, what's that? What were your thoughts about Hush? About them changing oh, the story? That's horrible. I, I thought so. I, 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 I seriously, I was like done. I almost cried. But, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> I'm like, "That's that's just fair." Dumb. So, um, but uh, Teen Titans? No, I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, I love it. I, I, it's one of my favorite shows without hesitation. Both seasons, I love it. I, it got renewed for a third season. Um. And, you know, I'm not telling people what they should do, but obviously you can always do a free trial subscription to it. And um, depending on if you have time, I'm sure you can power through a lot of uh, a lot of episodes. Um, how so, much is it monthly? Um, I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, I have a lot of subscriptions and I don't know if I want to add another one, but I do want to watch the content on there. Well, I think that, you know, some, well, we'll talk later about over, it. I mean, I would just I would just tell anyone like, look, I think you get a week free trial. Okay, I'll do that so, over my Christmas break, you know, because I get a break I from think, school. I think I'm leading you in the right direction, and yep. I think it at least gives people a good feel for where they want to go yeah. and if they want to. But I think they need to add more content to that show, right? To to that to that service, and I think that they'll be they'll be doing very very well with it. But uh, yeah, I mean, that leads us into a whole new direction of like. You know, there's so much going on with all these different, uh, uh, you know, I was just starting to watch the movie The Irishman mm-hmm. on uh, Netflix. Yeah. Uh, and then the phone rang and I was like, who is calling me? Oh, that's right. I'm talking to Tyler. <laughs> that was me. That was you. Um, but yeah, so we've talked about subscription services. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about... Is there anything else that we can tease people with or have fun with? Or I don't oh. know. Except for the DC reboot that's coming? I don't know enough about it other than whatever it is is whatever it is. I mean, there's... So, do you want to tell them what the rumors are? You want me to? You go for it. Okay. So, the rumors that are out there is that DC is kind of revamping everything. This can be found online, so this is not inside information. Yeah, yeah. They are... 
going to take like a Jonathan Kent and make him Superman now. They are going to take a um, Luke Fox, mm-hmm. the son of Lucius Fox, mm-hmm. and make him Batman. That they are going to, I've heard they're going to make a new Wonder Woman. They are going to make a new Flash. They are going to have a new Green Lantern. They are going to have all these new characters. Yeah. And um, what's happening with the versions of the characters we have now? Those I've heard are either going to be potentially aged. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of getting rumors of that. I mean, because if, if, the, if these younger characters are being brought up to a certain age, then I'm yep. guessing the other ones are. You know, I don't really know. I mean, do they put them in the black label? Do they? Yeah. I mean, here's, I mean, here's my opinion on it. And again, my opinion doesn't mean anything. But I don't think just changing characters makes for better stories. Uh-uh. I think better stories make for better stories. So, yeah. you know, back in the 80s, Jim Shooter ran Marvel. A lot of good things came out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, Dan DiDio right now is in charge of DC, but it's a little different than that because he has bosses above him and bosses above them and bosses above everybody, right? So I don't know where everything goes, but in my opinion, you should still be able to tell a really good Batman story or a really good Superman story. Um, And in fact, I mean, without much, um, as far as I'm concerned, without much advertising, without much push of anything, you know, uh, a group of three guys came on to Superman and just absolutely crushed it with sales and, and excitement and everything. And that was uh, Pete Tomasi, Pat Gleason, and Doug Mankey. All three are my friends. Yep. But they made Superman so relevant at the time. Yeah. Having him married, having him have a child. And, and you know, now it's been kind of revamped and everything's been undone type thing. And you, know, you still have Jonathan Kent around, but... You know, my personal feeling on it is, you know, the sales are about 25% less than when Doug, Pat, and Pete were on the book. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so you have a very big writer on the book right now. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, I'll say it again, a good story, people are going to catch on to it. People are going to read it. People are going to see it and follow it and go with it and word of mouth will spread. And at the end of the day, this to me feels kind of like a publicity stunt to some extent, and uh-huh. you're going to get a blurb on it, you know, on the Today Show on CNN and whatever, and there'll be a huge spike for those books right away and the first appearance of the characters. And yep. as someone who does this for a living, I would tell people be cautious. Yeah, you do not need to run out and buy every single copy of the, of the first issue of the new Luke Fox as Batman. You know, because I will th- tell you right now, it will eventually revert back to guess who? Bruce. <laughs> Well, here's, Bruce Wayne. here's my question. Do you think that then titles like Detective, which have been around for 80 years, do you yeah. think they're going to be stopped or is there just going to be a new main character for Detective Comics? Uh, I don't I mean, Detective at one point they did um, they did end up doing Batwoman in Detective for a while, I believe. Yep. yep. Um, and there's been other times where they've taken breaks and put other characters in for Detective. It's always been, you know, a Batman centric book. But I, I really don't have any idea what's possibly going to happen. Sure. Um, I just, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I can only talk that, you know, speculation is a huge part of what we talk about. It seems like it's a major thing that I talk about consistently on here. Yeah. Well, and well, I would just it's a huge part. People. It's a huge part of um, the business is being able to speculate accurately. Or relative accurate, you know. Sure. And, and, and I would just say at this point that if I was doing my due diligence to people that I know and they were to ask me, should I go out and buy 
10 copies of this or 10 copies of that or this on especially on all this new stuff I, I you know ask me that day ask me that week ask me that month whether i think it's a good long-term situation or not but you know i guess my gut is telling me right now that no doesn't mean the stories won't be bad i don't even know who's attached to write any of it at this mm-hmm. point right um if it happens and if it does you know again we've got a lot of intelligent readers out there that are going to spend their money on um creative teams that they love and 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 you know they will give every character a chance but if it doesn't pan out you know it's kind of like this whole hickman x-men thing did a great job on house of x they got a lot of new books out people are liking the books yep. first thought i had was you can't have that many titles coming out spinning out of this series like, i did just too. watering it down way too much i was like right away. so disappointed there were so many different titles there's so many titles and of course i'm picking them up and i said i'll give them a chance until i don't want to read them anymore yeah but the premise and the thought idea of what they have behind it is great yeah and, um, but there's also a lot of other really good series i think i think the black label um uh, Sean Gordon Murphy stuff. Yeah, um, I've always the, liked the, Sean the, Murphy a lot. The White Knight, yeah. So it's the White Knight stuff is so good. Yeah, um, the, and know. this new Von Victor or Von Freeze, I mean, um, it's in that same universe. So that's really right. Cool. It's just a yeah, just a one shot. That's part of that. And um, you know, there's other there's there there's so many good uh, stuff that there's so much good stuff out there right now. Yeah, Black Hammer's another one by Jeff Lemire. Uh-huh. Um, and anything Jeff Lemire touches, you know, is pretty much good writing gold, uh, do you, um, as I like to say. Yeah. Do you like that new book, uh, Family Tree, by him? Um, I have it in my pile to read. Yeah. I know it's with him and Phil Hester. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, of course, both of them are friends. And so yeah, It's so I, good. I it's so good. It. Love it. Yeah, well, I'll have, to, I'll have to get on it now right away. Well, it's only um, one issue so far, so. Yeah. Uh, but I love both of them. Both mm-hmm. the guys. That's part of it too, right? You know, that's my um, it, that's my like my bucket list goal for this podcast is getting Jeff Lemire uh, on the show to talk about because his books, um, especially like um, the the Black Barn book, uh, what's it called? Um, the horror book that he does right now. Um, well, it'll come to me, but um, it's literally one of the best books I've read in a long time for horror stuff. And, you know, he's got his silly stuff, too, you know, that's um, more like the superhero stuff. But it's not just straight superhero. It's it's almost commentary on superheroes from the golden age of superheroes, you know. Yeah. And and, and I don't think I've told this story before or not. But the, when I was first introduced to Jeff, Jeff um, bought some original art of Doug Nankey's. Sure. You know, I mean, it must have been a decade ago or longer. Yeah. I did not know who Jeff was. Okay. Um, and Jeff was writing um, Essex County, oh, um, which that. at the time was, yeah, was, it was a, it was an indie book he started. Yeah. Um, and he continued to do a lot of other things that were based in that indie world, right? Even yeah. his art is kind of has that indie feel to it. Yeah. Real, um, it's real sketchy, you know. Yeah. Watercolor. Yeah, he's just, you know, he's just. He's just such a wonderful guy. He's he's a huge Doug Mankey fan for his art. Um, he asked me to help get Doug to do the Frankenstein covers for when Jeff wrote the Frankenstein miniseries, and so I asked Doug if he would do that. And Jeff and Doug are friends, and you know Doug did it, of course. And um, I've I reconnected with Jeff recently. Have you? Um, and talk, yeah, talking on on Instagram and stuff. And you know, I'm 
<clears throat> I can honestly say I'm just not that it it doesn't mean anything to him. Trust you know. Yeah. I always say this like I'm just the guy behind the guy, but man, I couldn't be more proud of him. I mean, the guy has just he's done it all. Yeah. And he's an amazing individual. He's an amazing person. He's very intelligent. Um, what? And, and I I've probably told this story, but and if I have, tell me. But I remember we were at we were at a show. I think it was in Canada, and he was writing Sweet Tooth at the time. Yeah, that's Which when I came his, on board with Sweet Tooth. Yeah, it's one of his most beloved ones. So we were sitting there talking, and he was tabled next to Doug, and that was on purpose. We got all of us together, um, and we were just sitting there talking, and you know, we were talking about Sweet Tooth. It was just him and I, and um, we we're talking about merchandise, which, of course, you know, of course, I'm I'm all over. Like, how do we merchandise something? You know, so he's yeah. asking me, and I'm like, you should do like, you should do a, a Sweet Tooth snow globe. Like that would look so cool, and his eyes lit up, and he, you know, I don't know if he snapped his fingers, but he's like, "That's it," <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" And he's like, "That's what I need for because he was writing a winter episode, and he's like, "I'm gonna do a snow globe for the cover," and then so we started talking about it, and the next thing you know, it's it's a horizontal book, and yep. it's got Gus in the snow globe, yep, and he ended up mailing the cover to me, yeah, unprovoked. Said thanks, JJ, for the idea. That's awesome. And me the original art because we kept bouncing about this idea, and I was like, "You should do a snow globe." Yeah. And then he's like, oh. "You know," and it, to me, that was one of the coolest things ever. Like, no one will ever know that except for anyone that listens to this or my friends. Yeah, exactly. That's all that needs to be known. I didn't know was, that. Story, that that no. was such a cool moment that he accepted something that I thought of as an idea. And I then should, took it and ran with it. I've got the series in trade paperback, but I should hunt down that issue and. Yeah, it's kind of fun. It so, uh, but he is an awesome person and he really, um, I'm hoping him, uh, and I'm hoping Jeff and, and Doug will work on something eventually. God, that'd be cool. Um, I'd say there's a, uh, I'd say there's a better shot of it happening than, than not happening. Oh, that's great. Um, I think the two are meant to be drawn together, you know, as just the way this world works. I so, just thought of the series that I really love, Gideon Falls. Um, Falls. Yeah. Um, anyway, I I love all of his work. I know um, it's hit or miss for JP. You know, he likes the more horror stuff. He doesn't like the slice of but life. But isn't that kind of great stuff. though? That isn't that great that it's hit or miss? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that shows how versatile a writer he is. Yeah. Um, and that he's writing a lot of different things that people can really enjoy. JP and, just um, didn't doesn't like the more the more biographical stuff. Yeah. You know, he really That's likes okay. the, and he does not like the superhero stuff. He didn't like Black Hammer at all, but I think it's amazing, uh, just in case right. Jeff is listening. And that's the beauty of it at the end of the day. So, I mean, you know, and there's one thing that everybody likes, and that's Baby Yoda. Uh-huh. And, Even people that haven't seen Baby Yoda and like you know, Baby Yoda. I think that's a great positive note to end on is Baby Yoda. I, put, you see, I did that on purpose. Put, put that in your head. So we are we are well past our hour mark, so we are uh, good to go um, for having a great full episode. I really appreciate you filling in for uh, the great J.P. Jones, but you I think you did welcome. wonderfully. Well, I, I'm trying to keep my ownership stake in this up there. Yeah. I know that JP owes me now. You, of course, don't owe me anything. I don't. But uh, once again, I, I want to thank Smash and Grab for taking up part of my Saturday evening. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I would only do it for you guys. Aww. But I'm going to shut up here in a second. By the way, uh, check this out. Yeah, fill them in on all that stuff when you can at blah, blah, blah. And then 
wherever at blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But that'll all be, that'll all be in our show notes for sure. Um, um, but yeah, you can be, uh, you can find, um, uh, John Jesperson. You know, I always want to call you J Jonah, J Jonah Jesperson. <laughs> Cause I love, I love that character from Spider-Man. So, uh, uh, J Jonah, do you have, a, what's your middle name? My middle name is Lars. Okay. So it's not a J. It'd be great no. if it was J Jonah Jesperson. I know. Um, but anyway, for John Lars Jesperson, this is Tyler, and we are going to bid you guys adieu and have a great rest of your holiday weekend. And we will see you guys next week, hopefully with JP back. Um, but anything else, John, you want to say before we sign off? Uh, happy holidays to everybody. Be kind to one another as always. And uh, just a random thought, if you uh, are thinking of uh, giving any gifts, I know that Rainbow has got a couple bins there for Toys for Tots. Yes. And they're filling those up on a daily basis. I, uh, so as sponsors of the show, if you've got a toy, you want to buy a toy there, you want to drop it off, do any of that, just know that that's going to go and that's going to brighten someone's day. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, there's nothing better than uh, making a kid smile, even if you don't see that smile. So. Yeah, exactly. Toys for Tots at Rainbow Comics Cards and Collectibles. Um, so, JJ, uh, you uh, stick on the line here and we'll end the show. Um, but for everyone else, have a great night. Later.